Hello and welcome to the Project Pelvic Health Podcast. Before we start, I'd like to tell you a little bit more about the eight-week postpartum program. It's for moms with a baby two years old or younger who want to recover and get back to things they were doing pre-baby. We work through things like leaking, prolapse, incontinence, etc. We help moms to get their lives back. If you're interested in learning more and want to see if working with us will be a good fit for you, send an email to erica at villagefpt.com or visit villagefpt.com. The link will also be in the show notes. Hey friends, welcome back to the Project Public Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Erica Gladney, and today I have one of my very own patients joining me. Her name is Sally, and we've had the pleasure of working together over the past eight weeks to address some of the pain and dysfunction that she's been experiencing postpartum. She's going to share with you a little bit today about her journey and what she's learned so far in pelvic floor PT. So, hey Sally. Hey. Thanks so much for joining me today. It's fun to be here. All right, so I'd love to hear a little bit about your pregnancy. We're just going to start right from the beginning. How many kids do you have? Tell me a little bit about each of the pregnancies. Great. So I have two kids. Um, The first is Charlotte, and she's four. And then the second little one, uh, her name is Olive, and she's two. And so uh, with both of them, they are both as different as can be, but also really awesome. And their pregnancies... While the pregnancies felt similar, um, the delivery and the recover afterwards was uh, very different, actually. Mm. Um, So with Charlotte, I don't know what I was doing. I mean, I still don't know what I'm doing with lots of things. Mm. But it was first pregnancy, everything. You're like, is this normal? Mm -hmm. Is this the right? Is this a hiccup or is this an actual baby baby movement? Mm. Um, So there was a lot of the fun that goes into your first pregnancy and figuring it all out. Um, And then she actually came a week after her due date and she was my almost nine pound baby and uh, so much fun from the beginning but also we had no idea what we were doing Mm -hmm. and my sweet husband who is just really good at a lot of these things he was so much more knowledgeable than I was (laughs) I'll just blame it on the sleep deprivation that's for sure what it was (laughs) but we were all learning together and so that was that was really fun um but I definitely suffered um a lot from I think it was a lot of postpartum anxiety and um it was just really difficult because when you have a baby, you, you're you learning, but you're still recovering while you're learning and mm-hmm. you are so low on sleep that it's just tricky to think clearly, uh, let alone take care of yourself because mm-hmm. everything goes into taking care of this little bundle. Um, so it did take a while to recover. And uh, after that, I was so excited when we did get pregnant again with Olive, I was so excited to to, to learn from my previous pregnancy and delivery and postpartum and to kind of live life um, in a more full and more community-minded way. Mm-hmm. Um, but little did I know that we would give birth to Olive on uh, March 18th of 2020, literally the day before everything shut down. And so to have a baby in a pandemic and for everything to feel weird and to not know if you could see people and feel safe around people, even Mm -hmm. though you were so excited to finally be in community with a baby, it was quite an experience. And um, she was actually induced because she was a week late. And so that induction did a number on my body Mm -hmm. that I don't think I quite healed from until I would even say recently. Um, Definitely going into this this eight-week postpartum 
program was something that addressed things that that took place with the delivery two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you have people in the room helping you deliver? I've yes. heard some patients because it was like right yes. before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. They're like, I pretty much gave birth by myself. Yes. Like people were just, do you need anything? And then they're in and out, but no one was yeah. really in there with you. Was that your experience? So my experience was that when we checked in and when we started the induction, there were people there, but like whispers, like we mm-hmm. could tell that something was wrong. And then halfway through the process of waiting um, for the contractions to start, they told my husband that he couldn't leave because if he left the hospital, he would not be able to come back in. And we're like, what's That's happening? It sounds like a weird movie. What is yeah. going on? Um, and so that we had already been there long enough. And I think things were still early on that thankfully it wasn't like, all right, good luck in there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was, it was very controlled. It was a very controlled delivery because they had to start my contractions Mm -hmm. and then they were too fast and too strong. So they had to stop them and slow them down. Mm -hmm. And so truthfully, I wasn't really quite all there mentally during it, Mm -hmm. um, which I'm sure there's a lot of weird trauma that goes into it that you have to unpack later on. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm still so thankful that Brandon was in there and that the doctors were able to be there because it's just an all new experience. Every pregnancy is different, every Mm -hmm. delivery is different and the recovery afterwards too. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that the induction affected you Mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. So I just remember that when we came home from the hospital with Olive, um, it just, it was really painful to do simple things that I didn't remember having felt with Charlotte. Like even just sitting was Mm -hmm. super uncomfortable and very painful. Uh, laying down was really hard and it was it was just it wasn't a c-section so so areas of pain that normally i didn't feel were definitely prevalent this time around and um i did not bounce back it took probably a good two months for me to feel Mm -hmm. like i was strong enough to hold my Mm two-year-old or even to like stand up holding everybody i was just really weak and not my normal energetic self and yes like Obviously, we just had a baby, and then we had two babies under two at the same time. Mm -hmm. So that definitely goes into it. But I felt a lot weaker um, compared to postpartum with Charlotte Mm -hmm. afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel like you were prepared both times around? And you know, you said the first time, not so much. You were kind of learning as you went. Um, Did you feel, as far as like the induction went, did you feel prepared for that at all? Did they kind of walk you through what that would look like, what you might be feeling Mm -hmm. afterwards? Uh, Not so much. I think that they did the best that they could. And my brain wasn't there because I was still wishful thinking that we wouldn't even need to come to that. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, knowing now what I know, but you don't know in the time, I would I would push to not be. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, it was something that was helpful because even if I was a day later, it would have looked different in terms of who was, was there to deliver. Yeah, um, so, so you don't know, you don't know what's ahead of you mm-hmm. in those instances. But looking back, you have more of that insight. And so I I do feel like they, they did give a rundown, but I was not aware of... Um, the complications that could take place body-wise and also um, even emotionally of just like, did my body do what it was supposed to do? Mm -hmm. And thinking through the fears of, uh, will I have to be induced again in the future? Like, am I able to have a baby normally? Like, does my Mm -hmm. body know how to contract, you know, naturally and go through the birthing process? And Mm -hmm. I think that's just a lot of the things that 
you have to walk through um, after something that you didn't think was traumatic. And then afterwards, you're like, oh, whoa, that was more um, impactful than I thought it was. Yeah. 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 And then even if you talk to my husband, he had a very different experience. He was just like, whoa, there's a lot happening here. Yeah. Yeah. A lot goes Mm -hmm. into it. Mm -hmm. You mentioned a little bit earlier with Charlotte that you experienced some postpartum, you used anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you touch on that a little bit? What were you feeling? Did you feel like you had resources available to you to kind of help you through that? What was that like? Yeah, it's, I think that I err on the side of always being a planner Mm -hmm. and I want to be prepared and you know, I like, especially with a baby, you want to have all the things in their place and um, to know that the house, you know, is clean and picked up. Um, but I think that it went to the extreme where my anxiety was around how much is she sleeping? Mm. Is is she eating enough? Am I producing enough milk? Um, is she okay? Is this normal? And just thinking way more than, oh, I'm doing my best and I think everything's fine to thinking worst case scenario for a lot of it mm-hmm. and not being able to let that go. Just mm-hmm. that feeling of like doom or um, not dread, but just something being off when you're like, this mm. is not my normal self. I need to be able to enjoy this experience and instead I'm thinking of all the possible things that either I'm not doing well or even her as a baby, she's not doing what she's supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. which again is not... A natural thought but there's so much happening um with our hormones and so much happening yes. with uh just lack of all of these things in your body recovering that i was never prepared uh about taking care of myself afterwards mm-hmm. and i kind of put myself on the back burner mm-hmm. which is not good <laughs> never no, good no um did you feel any pressure from like social media do you feel like that played a role in some of the anxiety you were feeling comparing yourself to other moms i feel like that's something i hear often in my treatment rooms of just the comparison that happens afterwards or how quickly someone recovers or Mm -hmm. not and was that something that you found was difficult yeah I definitely think comparison is something that hits Mm. and I think that social media does have its place for connection and funny memes but I also feel like the more that I'm on it, the more that I see, the more that those voices in my head that are mm-hmm. like, oh, you're not doing what this mom is doing, or mm-hmm. she seems like she's having a way better time, mm-hmm. especially early on in recovery of like, wow, they're already up and out and with their baby and doing all these things that I was nervous to do or felt like I couldn't do. And you just feel easily like you are failing as a mom because your life doesn't look like someone else's life. Yeah. Yeah. So if you could look back three or four years and tell yourself something now that Mm -hmm. you wish you would have known regarding that specifically, what would you say? I would say uh, stop looking at other people's lives, especially the ones that you don't even know, and reach out to the people that are already in your life that love you and want to be there for you. Because it's easy to think that you have it all put together or that you should have it all put together but the truth is we are supposed to be in community and especially when you just had a baby and there's big life changes the people that love you want to help and serve you Mm -hmm. and there's this pressure that you feel that you do have to do it all but that is just a made-up lie that has no grounds and I think looking back I mean you're like no I should be able to do it but the truth is uh we are better in community. We are better at letting people love and serve us. But it is hard because um, because of our own pride. But I think mm-hmm. looking back, I would tell myself then and I would tell myself now always, right? Like let people in. Let mm-hmm. people in and let people love you. Yeah. 
That's awesome. I feel like postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression is not talked about yeah. enough. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women feel very isolated and alone or that something's wrong with them and that what they're experiencing is very abnormal and that they shouldn't be feeling that way. When in reality, there's so many things changing, so many things happening. You're, like you said before, your hormones are all over the place as you're trying to heal and breastfeed mm-hmm. and whatever. Um, and so creating more conversation around around that specifically yeah. i feel like is very important so thanks for sharing yeah of course um let's talk a little bit more about postpartum experience post olive yes. so your younger one mm-hmm. um did you feel like you were a little i know that was when you were induced so it was yes. a little bit of a different recovery process um after like those first six eight weeks or so did you feel like you were equipped to heal well and get back to exercising? Mm-hmm. You're pretty active. You're a runner. Mm-hmm. Um, did you feel like you knew when the right time was? Did you feel like you had guidance in that area? Tell us more about that. Yeah, I felt like I had like zero guidance mm-hmm. in that area. Uh, it was really odd. I did come into for, I think it was the two week checkup. No, I don't even think so. I think it was, I think it was, um, like a video chat, if I'm recalling correctly. Probably if it was in the middle yes, of COVID. Yes, <laughs> it was. And like the six-week checkup yeah. that they usually do never happened, mm-hmm. which is also really strange. It's yes. all a blur now. Um, so I think there was always that question mark of like, I mean, I guess it's been six weeks, so I should be fine, and then mm-hmm. doing it. But I still felt very weak. Um, I had lost a lot of blood, so my um, iron levels were really low, and that was showing up in a lot of weird ways mm-hmm. of like not sleeping well still. I mean, you had a baby, so that's sure. true. Uh-huh. There's a little bit Yes, but not, not being able to rest when right. the time of resting were to happen. And I do feel like uh, I feel like I didn't even – I couldn't even think beyond just making it through the day to even think about exercising mm-hmm. or using my body for something other than taking care of a baby or taking care of a toddler – um, and that's when I knew like something was wrong. And even a year and a half, two years later, cause now she's two, mm-hmm. um, I knew that things were not aligned properly. I knew that things weren't feeling the right way because it, I never bounced back. Like they tell you that your body will just yeah. bounce back mm-hmm. magically. It doesn't always happen that mm-hmm. way. Um, so going off of that, what were some of the symptoms that you had that you feel like physical therapy has been helpful addressing? Yeah, I think a lot is, um, I think my body's really just weak, like mm-hmm. weak in terms of, uh, alignment feels very off. Um, using, using the wrong kind of shoes, the wrong kind of footwear, uh, holding babies the wrong way, not being mindful of like breathing, not being mindful of like getting up and laying down. Uh, and I think just years of not using or training my body in any way kind of made for just like a weak body that had a lot of issues in a lot of places. And Mm so, um, pelvic pain, that was definitely there. I had like weird foot stuff going on, weird, like things that are connected to that, like all up in like the hips and even like the sciatic I would feel, um, just, it felt like, like certain sides were just off. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I know that it's all connected. So just feeling like not, um, not having control or strength over your own body is really difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what were some of the things day to day that you were struggling with? What was painful? What was difficult for you to do that you feel like you've seen improve? Yes. Well, even picking up like my giant four year old because she's (laughs) so big and sweet, but she's so heavy. She's tall. She's a tall girl. Mm -hmm. So picking her up, 
I would feel like my insides were like bulging out, which is not a good feeling. So for those of you listening, more like diastasis, diastasis recti, the separation of your abdominals. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a common thing people feel. That's the the proper term. (laughs) (laughs) But it does feel like your insides are bulging out. Yes. So picking her up constantly, picking up a two-year-old constantly, but feeling like every time you're bending down, you don't have the strength to do it. um, That's really tough because there's a lot of up down every single day. And then I waited a really long time to do anything about my body. Um, So I'm sure it got worse before we could make it get better. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a big thing, just picking up, putting down, feeling like uh, feeling like one side of my body was stronger than the other, um, feeling, I think I mentioned like sciatic weird stuff, a lot of weird uh, foot pain manifesting in different areas, mm-hmm. and just having no desire whatsoever to work out. I think that was a big thing. No desire to like do any strength training, no desire to run, feeling like this is as good as it's going to get. And like, I've accepted my fate, Mm. which is awful. It's awful to feel like that when, you know, 31, like feeling good, things are like, I want to catch up and be with my kids and feel energetic with them, but feeling like I wasn't strong enough to do Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. It's hard. Yeah, that's hard. So what are your big takeaways? It's been eight weeks. We've gotten to work together. Um, What do you feel like you've learned? What are you taking with you? Yeah, I've learned that it's important for yourself and also important for your kids and your family to invest in uh, making, making your body a stronger place, not for the sake of image, but for the sake of healing parts that need to be healed and to invest into that. And uh, yeah, it is an investment and sometimes it's much easier to just sit and do nothing, but you will feel so much better if you do the exercises that you should be doing and given to do and to move your body in a way that's mindful, but also good where you're at. Um, And also just to give yourself grace. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big part of just enjoying what that looks like. There's the, there's the external, you know, output of all of your, all of your energy, but also what are we doing like internally? Like, mm. how are we speaking to ourselves? How are we speaking to our kids? How are we speaking to those around us and in our own brain? Because all of that spills out. And mm-hmm. I think that um, when you are allowing yourself to heal and making yourself not a priority, it's not like I'm number one, but making that health a priority, mm. it spills on over into every other aspect. Mm-hmm. And so it's important. Yeah. yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is it's not selfish. Yes. That's what it is. <laughs> so it's, uh-huh. It actually is maybe even an act of selflessness yes. to take the time to invest in yourself yeah. so that you can give to others yeah. with more than you yeah. would have otherwise. Yeah. Um, part of the postpartum program that we have here, you got to meet with our nutritionist, Casey. Yes. I feel like that was a big a big thing for you specifically. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you were experiencing prior to meeting mm-hmm. with her and then what were your big takeaways from meeting with her? Yeah, uh, prior to meeting, we were doing um, and still doing like a keto-ish kind of a diet and we had been doing the intermittent fasting for a while. Um, so not having that breakfast first thing in the morning and just you know doing coffee. And after talking through like my normal nutrition during the day and me, I was training for a half marathon then and running a bunch and just like regular life, I was realizing I'm not actually eating enough food Mm -hmm. and you actually need to eat a lot more. And even if you're not like breastfeeding, but as a mom and just in general, like it's kind of eye opening Mm. what you should be eating so that you feel more energetic, so that your body functions in the way that it should. So it was very helpful 
because you think that you're doing a healthy thing, but then you figure out that it's maybe not the best thing for your body. Mm -hmm. Um, So to have more guidance in that was super helpful of implementing more food in the morning, um, implementing better foods for me, um, more protein, uh, just just more throughout the day. Mm-hmm. I think that's that was helpful. Yeah, and going lesser yes. lesser amounts of time exactly. with the fasting. So you exactly. still do intermittent yep. fasting, just for not quite as long as yes. you did before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of um, talk out there about intermittent fasting, and what we've found is that a lot of the research done on it has been done on men yeah. or women who are postmenopausal. So not a lot of women who are in their childbearing years. So I feel like there's still a lot of new information coming out mm. about it. But from what I've learned and from talking to Casey and then other other women too who are in that period of life, um, having like the smaller windows yes. has, is more helpful rather than going. 18 hours yes. without eating anything. Yeah. So, so helpful. Yeah. So retraining the body. Yeah. It's better. Totally. Yeah. I'm glad she didn't say stop drinking coffee, but I also know right. that that's also a good thing that, um, to limit, um, and to yeah. not rely on that for your energy source. Right. So limit or even time it, yes. you know, time it with a meal rather than mm-hmm. just having caffeine on an empty stomach, which can, you know, increase stress hormones and yes. stuff. So we don't need that. No, no, not at all. You're stressed enough. Um, a lot of our time that we spent together, we worked on your foot, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, which was almost like an indirect way of Uh treating your pelvic floor and then your, your abdominals, Mm -hmm. your diastasis. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your history with your foot, what we worked on, all of that? Yeah. So I used to teach, uh, before staying home with my girls and, the schools that I worked at and just the dress code in general, I feel like as a woman, you wear a lot of like really pointy shoes, Mm -hmm. like pointy flats or like pointy boots. Um, And over time, I feel like that kind of pushed my feet in weird ways. Um, And I didn't even connect that honestly Mm -hmm. until talking with you. And then now when I see like my foot shape and then the pointy shoes, I'm like, That makes sense. sense. Um, But of just all of that over time and not strengthening certain parts of my body, um, that just led to my foot, specifically my right foot, um, developing a Morton's neuroma. Mm -hmm. And it got a lot worse anytime I wanted to be active or if I wanted to run because I would be using it and then I wouldn't know what I was doing. Um, Like the the footwear that I was thought was fine, like Birkenstocks or like, you know, flat shoes, um, thinking that I was making good choices was actually perpetuating it um, and not letting my foot uh, do what it is supposed to do naturally. Um, and the shape that it naturally once was, whatever that was, way back in the day. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Um, so that was really helpful to know specific exercises to strengthen those areas. And also, you did such a good job like working on it because there was a lot of um, weird nerve things and you yeah. know mm-hmm. all of the technical terms of just like working down that tissue so that I could feel it again and then being really mindful of the shoes that I wear now really mindful of doing the exercises that you have shown me to do because I see such benefit that I'm not in pain and I could still live an active lifestyle without that pain yeah and I think it's just another testament a lot of the physical therapists in the pelvic floor field will often say that your whole body is your your whole body is connected but is your physical therapist looking at your feet are yes. they assessing your back are they yeah. looking at all these other joints that 
play a really big part in how your pelvic floor is able to function and work. And so I feel like you were a really perfect example of we weren't directly treating Mm -hmm. your pelvic floor for the majority of our sessions. We were actually working on your foot, Mm -hmm. but how that overall improve just your strength and your your function in general yeah absolutely and i would even say doing the abdominal exercises also helped with my foot i do think that is definitely connected because i didn't think i didn't know how much i was um over undercompensating Mm -hmm. with like our our body's so incredible like our brain's so incredible because it does you know, it does things for us sometimes without us being aware, yeah. but then it does weird things if mm-hmm. we're like not treating the core. Right. And you did. You helped me treat the core, which helped me treat yeah. the foot. <laughs> yeah. And your pelvic floor is part of your core. Mm-hmm. We yeah. call it Grand Central Station. You know, right. everything Makes goes through sense. there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So we're about to wrap up, but I would love to hear what you would say to a mama who just had a baby. What would you want her to know? What would you want to encourage her and empower her with? first of all great job I think that everybody's story is different and it's really hard because you always have this idea of perfection or what you think is perfect in your brain but that doesn't exist and um, what a gift it is that that you are you know a mom and what a gift it is that the thing that you've been desiring and waiting for and anticipating is here and that doesn't mean that you don't see the things that are difficult but I think going in with the mindset of wow this is a blessing and it is also hard you could have that simultaneously Um, it doesn't have to be it's only a blessing and let me ignore all the hard things but also um, it is hard but I'm not in this alone and this is not forever and I think now having a four-year-old and now having a two-year-old I remember so clearly in the early days of being like will we ever sleep again? I don't think so. (laughs) Or more like, will I ever function normally? And Mm -hmm. I don't even think I've like functioned normally now, but it's still, it's great. Um, I think that, I think that you evolve into this new image of what reality looks like and Mm -hmm. to give yourself grace for that. And it will look different than pre-baby. And that's a good thing. And your body will look different pre-baby, but that's a good thing. Um, and just having that grace and um, allowing people, like I mentioned beforehand, to to be in your life and show up and to love on you. And you don't have to clean up your house before they come over no. so that they could help you, even though I still have to tell myself that. Like, let people in, let people love you, mm-hmm. seek help if you need it. And people are there for you. And there's a lot of people that want to help you, but they don't know it if you aren't reaching out. And not to add that to your list of things that you're not doing well, but just look around and there's people at the ready all around you. And if there isn't, there's lots of people that want to be. Mm-hmm. I think there's that that idea sometimes that it's like no one understands or like no one wants to be my friend, especially as a new mom. You're like yeah. so overwhelmed. But the littlest things of uh, like the one outing, you know, and you see another mom and chances are she's feeling very similarly to you. And that there's such goodness in that connection. Yeah, that's awesome. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've gotten to know each other a little bit. And I can say, you know, from an outside perspective that you do a really beautiful job of that. Oh, so, and I know you've really probably had to work at it. Oh, yeah. But still working. Still working uh-huh. at it, always. But from the outside looking in, you've done a really wonderful job of setting an example of how to do that. Thank you. So, to me. <laughs> I've learned a lot from you. 
Um, well, thanks so much, Sal, for taking the time to meet with me today and share your story and your journey. Um, I really appreciate it. And I know a lot of moms out there really appreciate it too. So thanks for having me. For those of you listening, thanks for tuning in. If you have time, please rate and review our podcast. It helps other people find it a little bit easier. And then feel free to subscribe so that you don't miss another episode. And we'll look forward to seeing you next time on Project Pelvic Health.